The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. I'm Brett from Heinemann. On today's show, the essay. What comes to mind when you think about the traditional five-paragraph essay? Do you cringe? Sadly, many students only know essay as a five-paragraph, tightly structured writing assignment that must check all the boxes of a standardized formula. How did essay in school get so far away from essay in the world? In her newest book, The Journey is Everything, Catherine Bomer makes a case for the benefits of authentic essay writing that breaks free of the five-paragraph formula used in most middle and high school English classes. Catherine wants to restore essays in schools as writing to think because the act of writing provides a visual tool, one of the most powerful tools humans have in aiding the process of thinking. Catherine wants students to be able to write the essays that they want to write and that people want to read. She says if we give students the freedom to think without forcing ideas into templates, they can actually produce better writing. We started our conversation around what essays look like in the real world. Well, that is really kind of the basis of the argument of the book, is that um, while essay is literal, I, I, I use the word alive on purpose because it does feel like this giant animal or something that's just breathing. I, I, last night on the airplane, I was reading essays in the latest New Yorker magazine. Um, this morning, first thing, I'm, of course, on the Internet, looking on at people's blogs and looking on the news and um, their essays about, you know, Orlando and gun control and what is the idea of America right now in, in politics? And, um, of course, essay doesn't have to need to be so um, serious. There are also, I think, of um, a lot of comedy monologues that are really essayist. And I would say that in the world right now on the Internet, the, that the blog is probably the closest thing to, to the essay that I can find. Um, and there are you know, thousands and thousands of them out there. So they're just people are writing this constantly and reading this constantly in the world, right, in their lives. But then in schools, we are unfortunately still locked into a system of a formulaic, usually five-paragraph, famously, form that has been around for generations. I mean, my mother is uh, going to be 98 years old this year, and she remembers writing similar kind of formulaic essays in high school and hating them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so does, uh, you know, hating them is pretty much what everyone says when you bring up I often begin my workshops with, what do you think of when you hear the word essay? And people oh, you know, they <laughs> immediately groan and teachers hate grading them and students hate writing them. And I just think, you know, we can do better. Why, why should we write those formulas when we, can, we know we can write better? You recommend that teachers have students read essays before they try and write them. Why is that? Well, reading before you write is something that all writers do. Mm-hmm. So writers read voraciously, you know, they widely and voraciously because they're constantly feeding themselves with ideas and, and um, language and even, you know, interesting ways to structure pieces of writing. That's what writers do. And so I believe that not only students, but teachers also should read as many essays as they can, um, looking for what the essay has. Um, the essay has a kind of voice uh, I would say the voice is the most um, salient feature of essay. Um, you read when you fall in love with a certain essayist, it's because you love her voice or his voice. Right. 
Um, Philip Lopez said that um, when he reads Montaigne, the man who invented essay, by the way, in the 16th century, uh, when he reads Montaigne, he has experience of sort of saturating himself in Montaigne's mind. I love that word, saturating yourself. Um, it's like you're at a dinner conversation with the most fascinating person and you just you want to know, you know, you're just hanging on every word. What do you think about this? And the reason that you feel that way is because the language of essay is really the language of thinking. It's, it's not like the formula where you, you are supposed to have an idea about something and plug it into a certain spot and then come up with three reasons why or, you know, three points of support <laughs> and then restate your same idea at the end. Um, it's more like the writer is in the act of thinking as she is writing. And so it has that tone, that quality to it of, I'm just sitting here thinking about this and uses language like maybe, I don't know, you know, why is this so? Uh, this week, just this week, I was in Indianapolis at a, teaching at a summer writing institute, teaching essay, and a teacher wrote a, an essay in just two days, and wow. she just sent it to me this morning, and it's just so lovely. And she's writing about the idea of finding time for herself, like almost in quotes, time for myself, because I'm, you know, I'm so busy, so I'm trying to find time for myself. And she writes through that, like, what does that mean, and how do you do that? And, and she finally comes to this, I, I, this question where she says, you know, actually, I don't really like doing these things you're supposed to do when you're finding time for yourself. I actually like to be busy. And she said, writes this beautiful line. It says, perhaps I find solace in the busy. Perhaps it's where my soul resides. Perhaps it is in the busy that I find the best version of myself. Isn't that lovely? I mean, listen to the, the rhythm of that and the repetition of the word perhaps and almost like a question. That's the language of essay. And so you only know that and get that by reading a lot of essays. And that, that specifically is so relatable to so many teachers as well. I mean, that really is, just, it beautifully captures that thinking. Well, your book is a treat, and within that book, you have a treat for readers at the end of it, 11 guest essays. Why did you decide to include them, and what do you hope they offer teachers and students? Oh, thanks for bringing those up. That's probably the favorite, my favorite part of the whole book. The one problem or issue with teaching essay in, um, in elementary and middle school especially is that there really aren't enough uh, models. There are not enough you know, sort of age-appropriate models for kids. And that is a real, uh, a real problem I have found with trying to teach essay. Even when I was a classroom teacher, that was a problem for me too. So I mostly had to write my own and share them with kids. Yeah. And so I, I, I think there are a lot of good mentor texts that for high school kids because they can use um, samples from the Best American Essay series and from online and, and magazines and such. But when it comes to children, say, from third grade and into middle school, it's a little more difficult. So what I, as I was writing the book, I had this brilliant idea, I think it's brilliant, to ask my dear writer friends <laughs> they would mind gifting me and gifting the world with um, little essays with, uh, written expressly for kids. And so I put the idea out to, to my friends, and lo and behold, they all said, yes, thank you so much. <laughs> And they wrote amazing essays, 11 different ones from different people that you know, people know in the world. And um, they were thinking of, I said, you know, pick your age group. I don't care who you write for, but just keep kids in mind. And so it kind of, I arranged them kind of appropriate, uh, age appropriateness from the youngest kids to high school kids. And they are so interesting and different from each other. There are two essays about cats, and they're completely different from each other. <laughs> and that's what I want teachers and students to see, is that the essays are not the same. Unlike the formula, which is famously just one after the other, blah, 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 you know, saying the same thing. 
they're so divergent. And um, I'm so excited about those to use in classrooms as mentor texts. The book is filled with specific strategies and tips for helping students develop ideas into essays, which is a wonderful bonus to the book. For a teacher who's deciding what to do with students from all these possibilities, what's most important to keep in mind? Oh, you know, that's true. Um, in a way, my book has way too many strategies in it. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I just kept going and going. And another thing you could try, you know, but that's good. You know, there's, it's, it's a world of possibilities and it stretches the strategies and ideas stretch the entire length of the process from how to read essays and, and notice how they're crafted and, and the features to then generating ideas for your own essay, um, to elaborating and, and texturing your idea, to drafting and revising, and even in the end, how to, if you must, how to bend this type of essay to fit more academic forms of writing. So all across the book are ideas and ways for how to do that. So I suggest to teachers that preferably that they would meet with a partner, a colleague, or a, or a group, a grade level, and read the book together and, and come up, you know, what are the strategies that most appeal to them? What are the strategies that most fit their particular children, um, their age group and their, you know, where they teach and all that? And then just try those, you know, just a few, try those out. You're not, it's not, the book is not meant to say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. It's just a, 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 like a menu of items to choose from. Readers have said they'd like to continue to learning on essay or even submit ideas. Where is the best place for them to go to do this? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that because I just recently, all by myself, made <laughs> some ideas from you and some help from you, made my blog called at katherinebomer.com. And I only have two posts up there so far, but my vision for this place is for it to be a resource for teachers, a resource um I envision teachers sending me uh, stories from the classroom when they try essay, uh, photos of their charts that they use with their students, and especially, of course, samples of essays that they might write themselves and essays that their students write. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Like I can imagine, for instance, in, in a, uh, September or October, putting out a, an invitation to for teachers to send me uh, some samples of kids' notebook writing toward essay. And then I might have another blog post where I say, send me an example of a, dra a place in a draft of an essay where a student revised to make it better. And I'll just put up that little revision piece right there, right? So an ongoing place to, for teachers to ask questions, to submit things, and really interactive. That's my hope and dream for KatherineBomer.com. My thanks to Catherine Bomer for her time today on our show. If you'd like to read more of the essay Catherine read from called Making Time for Myself, it was written by Cassina Pfeiffer, and you can read it on Catherine's blog at katherinebomer.com. And for more information on Catherine's book, The Journey is Everything, teaching essay that students want to write for people who want to read them, you can find out more about it and even read a sample chapter on Heinemann.com. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate it in the iTunes or Google Play stores, leave us a comment, or even consider sharing our show with a colleague. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Heinemann Podcast. Podcast.